you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Listen to this. It's completely free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Deborah Sykes was last seen in Rathdrum, Idaho on February 13, 2005. According to her husband, Dell, he went to the grocery store in the morning while she was still in bed, and when he returned, she was gone. She apparently took off her wedding ring and left her house on foot, leaving her purse and all of her belongings behind. My guest today is Justin Irwin. Deborah's son. I talked to Justin all about Deborah's case and the circumstances surrounding it. Listener discretion is advised. So my name is Justin Irwin. Uh, I'm 30 years old currently. I live in Southern California working for a video game company. Um, I moved down here specifically to work at this video game company, um, which is a lot different than where I was living up north in the Spokane slash Coeur area. Like I said, I'm currently 30. So that means my mother has been missing here for about 15 years, I believe, if that's correct. Um, I think she went missing in 05. I was 15. Um, so that means it's a little weird to think about, but that means I have now known my mom uh, for an equal amount of time that she was missing. It, this last 15 years have certainly gone pretty quickly, I suppose. When I think about it, you know, like over the last 15 years, it seems like it's gone pretty quickly. Uh, but there are times where it seems like it's gone a lot slower. And there's obviously been an uncountable amount of times that I've kind of sat there and thought about uh, what happened to my mother and maybe like, you know, what's going to happen if I'm ever going to find out or anything like that. But yeah, so she went missing. I don't remember the, I think it was the end of January or early February in 2005. Uh, when she went missing, it was over a weekend. And just to provide a little backstory, I had been living with my mom for several years and she was married to a man named Dell. And I had been living with them for a few years in the Spokane Coeur d'Alene area. I don't know if you're familiar with that or anybody else familiar with that, but it's in Eastern Washington in slash Northern Idaho. Yeah. He's not my actual dad. My actual dad lives in Northern California. Um, so she had been married to him for, I think probably about five or six years at the time she went missing. And I had been living with them for about three years or so on the day that she went missing. Uh, I was out of town because I was in the Boy Scouts at the time. And she, the story that I was told, so let me back up a little bit, sorry. Um, I had left on that Friday because there was kind of like a big uh, Boy Scout excursion sort of thing that was going on. So I was out of town that weekend starting Friday after school. 
and I didn't return home until Sunday afternoon. Uh, when I returned home, Dell, my stepdad, he informed me that my mother had gone missing over the weekend. Uh, I would assume it was on Saturday. And he told me that she just left. And it was a very weird thing to hear. Um, I remember th- sitting there thinking, you know, like, when is she going to come back? Is she hanging out with somebody? Um, is she like, I don't know. It was just, it was really weird. Hearing that his mom had just gone missing was very confusing and hard to process at the time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, like I said, I just, I totally expected her to, to come back or to, I don't know. Like, it was just, like I said, it was very weird. Uh, we were in the process of being evicted from our house when this happened. So we were already kind of like packing our things up and getting ready to move out. Uh, the last two weeks prior to, prior to her missing, there was a lot of animosity and a lot of arguing and a lot of fighting and stuff higher at a higher level than like what normally happened around the house. So it was just, there was a lot of emotions and there was kind of a lot going on at that time when she went missing. Deborah and Dell had a pretty up and down relationship. And in the weeks leading up to Deborah's disappearance, they had been fighting more than usual. Uh, the relationship was interesting, I would say. I mean, I think they were two people that cared about each other. They were very close. Uh, neither of them worked. So they spent generally their entire day together. And they had been doing that for a few years. So they were pretty close in general. Uh, one thing that they liked to do quite heavily, almost daily, was go to you know one of the random bars that were in the area, uh, and they would spend a lot of their time there going into the evening, and then they would come back seven, eight, nine, ten o'clock sometimes, and then make dinner, uh, and then I would go to sleep and you know go to school the next day or whatever. Uh, but that was, I would say, probably twenty-five out of thirty days a month uh, they would be at the bar together. A lot of times they would come home around eight or nine, which wasn't super late. Uh, so they would make dinner or whatever else. Uh, but there were definitely uh, plenty of times where had I had just already gone to bed because they didn't show up until 11, 12, midnight, one o'clock sometimes. But because of, you know, like when a lot of people drink and they get kind of rowdy and things just kind of get unhinged, uh, that was sort of something that happened quite often in the household. Uh, they would get angry at each other. There would be arguing. There would be just random fighting, whether at each other or they were upset at me for some random reason. But over the several years that I lived with them, there was definitely a lot of not really hostility, but there was, it always felt very confrontational. Justin's relationship with his mom was pretty normal, but he was definitely closer to her than he was to Dell. I, I definitely had a closer relationship with my mother than I did with my stepdad. She was kind of the mediator a lot between my stepdad and I, uh, I arguing or fighting. But I just had, I would assume, a pretty normal relationship with my mother. You know, I would talk to her about things that people would talk to their mother about and that sort of stuff. Get help and whatever else. <laughs> it was a pretty normal relationship. Justin and Dell would tend to get into confrontations more often than not. No, I wasn't super close with him. There was him and I butt heads quite often uh, about big things or little things. I think I generally annoyed him. 
he wouldn't <laughs> he wasn't shy about making that known. I know it's a little cliche that people have, you know, like problems with their stepdads and that sort of stuff. Justin reflects on what it was like from his perspective finding out his mother had gone missing. I mean, my memory gets a little foggier every day, but basically, like I mentioned previously, there was an increased amount of hostility around the household the, the few weeks prior to her going missing. That was especially true in the few days prior to her going missing. I remember before I left on the camping trip with the Boy Scouts, I remember my mom actually stayed the night at uh, another guy's house that lived near the bar. And I remember my stepdad telling me that he went over to that guy's house and found my mom in his room and, um, you know, just like told her to pick up her things and then come back to the house. And then he brought her home uh, while I was at school. So it was a little awkward, a little weird. Uh, they were definitely still together. I can't I can only speculate as to why my mother was hanging out with other dudes. Who knows? You could probably fill in the blanks there. But it, was, it wasn't something that really happened at all. So for it to happen uh, that last week or those last two weeks or so was definitely strange. Justin returned home on Sunday from his Boy Scouts camping trip and got the news from Dell. Yep, he told me that she... His story is that he woke up on Saturday morning and she was there. And then they were, cause they were kind of making uh, salsa and that sort of stuff over the last few months. My mom, my mom had been like experimenting with making like different types of salsa. And she was looking at seeing if anybody would like pick up her recipe and that sort of stuff. Um, so his story is that he, in the morning, Saturday morning, I believe, or early afternoon, he drove to the grocery store to get some supplies that they needed to make salsa and during those 15 minutes that he was gone, she decided to uh, leave her wedding ring and a lot of, of her other things and just took off. According to Dell's story, this was a complete shock and he didn't see it coming. Yeah, it definitely seems like he believes he was blindsided by everything. Also, my mother wasn't really somebody that had a lot of resources. We didn't have a lot of money. We definitely didn't have like a lot of cash. So when you think about it, like for my mother who didn't really ever work, who didn't really have a lot of resources to leave something valuable like a wedding ring or like other jewelry to make a statement when she could have like pawned that or sold it to somebody else or something is very odd. Uh, whether you sell it for, you know, 20 bucks or something like that's definitely something it, it it's just the way that my mother was she you know had been in and out of pawn shops for various things in her life so it it just makes a lot of sense that she would take that stuff with her rather than um you know try and make a statement or something by leaving it behind even though it doesn't seem likely it's not impossible that deborah could have just taken off on her own so i i would i guess my mom was a little crazy growing up um she was definitely the type of girl that just like to have a good time, I suppose. While I was living with them, uh, she never did anything like this. As far as I know, she never really did anything like this um, while I was growing up. But uh, it should be said that she did meet my dad in California, which is quite a long ways away from where we lived in eastern Washington. Um, so 
I don't think it's unprecedented that she would, you know, kind of just go out and hang out with somebody in a faraway place if she barely knew them. And as far as Justin talking to Dell since all of this has gone down? I have not. So uh, I mentioned previously that we were being evicted from the house that we lived in. I was not aware of really any sort of plan that my family had for where we were going to stay because we didn't have a lot of money, thus being evicted. Basically, what happened was my stepdad told me that my mother went missing and we were in the process of, you know, packing up all of our stuff and just kind of trying to get out of the, uh, the apartment by the end of the month. And I remember feeling bad for my stepdad. And, you know, I kind of like wanted to stay with him because it was kind of a weird situation and I felt bad for him. Uh, that did not happen. I ended up moving in with my grandfather, uh, my mother's dad. And I remember when I was saying goodbye to my stepdad for the last time, this was the last time I ever talked to him or saw him. Um, I remember having the feeling that we were going to remain in contact or remain kind of close, but that was actually the last time that I ever saw him or talked to him. And what about Dell making any efforts to reach out? To me personally, no. Um, he's talked to my grandpa and they've met a few times, but I, I, which I would assume he's, you know, inquired about me to see how I was doing and stuff. But personally, he's never tried to reach out to me or talk to me. And remember, this was a man who was married to Justin's mom and they all lived together for several years. Seems a little odd. Yeah, it, it is kind of odd. I mean, there's two ways that you can look at it, I suppose. Maybe he didn't really care about me or maybe it was just one of those things that, you know, it was just an unfortunate thing that happened out of the circumstances. On the other side, it could be, you know, that he felt guilty and because he actually did something to her and he just didn't want to disturb the nest if he didn't need to do that at all. And so what about the immediate aftermath of when Deborah went missing? What was it like in the household and what was Dell like? I mean, I was going to school and everything at the time. So it was basically pretty routine. Um, I would just, you know, wake up in the morning, go to school, come back and do my homework or hang out in the house until I had to go to sleep or whatever. Um, I do specifically remember it being very weird because I was not used to them being in the house at all. So when I would come home from work, or I mean, not work, when I would come home from school, so when I would show up to the house and my stepdad would be there it, every single day, it was a little different and it was a little weird. Um, I remember there just being like this tension uh, in the air. My stepdad wasn't being particularly mean to me. Um, if anything, he was being a little nice, I suppose. Um, but I never really got the feeling that he was doing everything that he could to like look for my mother. And I do remember thinking that that was a little odd because I suppose uh, anybody could assume that like if they're, you know, if your spouse went missing due to unknown circumstances, uh, you know, a lot of people would be out there trying to figure out what was going on, chasing leads, that sort of stuff. But that didn't really happen. And I remember the few weeks that I was there after she went missing, I remember that feeling that it was just very weird. Something felt odd. Uh, so as far as I know, he contacted the police Sunday. So there had been about an entire day or so that she was missing. And if 
I remember correctly, and I feel that this is accurate, so I'm, I have to put the disclaimer out there that it might not be 100% accurate, um, but I believe he contacted my grandpa first, her mother, and let him know that she was missing. And then my grandpa convinced him to call the police and inform them and file a missing person report. So naturally, you know, they showed up to the apartment and asked some questions uh, and did the entire police business sort of thing that they do. My grandpa was actually out there doing a lot of the work on his own. He was, you know, going into bars. He was asking people questions. He was hanging up flyers. He was doing everything. He was doing his, his due diligence. He was being very vigilant about trying to find my mother. I don't have a lot of insight as to exactly what the police were doing, but there was a detective that was assigned to the case that was investigating it. Um, as far as I know, the detective that was handling the case believed that my mother uh, left on her own because my mom had been doing some bad things over the last couple months or so before she went missing. She was writing some bad checks. Um, it was never anything that was like a felony level. It was a few hundred bucks that she was writing bad checks on. Um, so it was only a misdemeanor level. But the detective felt that she was in hiding because uh, there was, I think there was a warrant out for her for those uh, bad checks. So the detective believed that she was, she voluntarily left so she didn't have to go to jail or anything like that. Most, everybody else generally believes that that's not true. But the police officer did what he could with the information that he had. I definitely believe that there could have been more put into it. Um, you know, like maybe checking uh, the surveillance at the grocery store to see if my stepdad actually did go there uh, and that sort of stuff, which I don't think any of that was followed up on or pursued by the police. You heard that right. The police didn't really look into Dell's alibi much at all. I don't believe they really did. I mean, they, I, they questioned him, I assume, but I don't think they really, you know, I don't think they really tried to do everything they possibly could. Which, I mean, I can't, you know, obviously sometimes things work out and sometimes things don't. But in hindsight, there was probably something there that they could have pressed on a little bit better. It should be said that uh, there is currently a different detective that is working on the case. I can't speculate or comment on anything like that. She's been working on the case on her own over the last few years. I've been in contact with her a couple times. Um, so there is an ongoing investigation. I think it was a cold case until she became detective for that agency and then she kind of picked it up on her own. Justin didn't particularly think Dell was a physically abusive person. However, there were some altercations. I don't think that there was a lot of physical abuse. Specifically between my mother and my stepdad, I don't think that he was really an abusive person. He was definitely an asshole and he, you know, he kind of emotionally abused my mother and myself. That being said, there was definitely a few confrontations that did get physical uh, between them or between my stepdad and myself. There's countless examples of him doing very aggressive things. So I think it definitely fits the bill, but he wasn't somebody that, uh, you know, would like beat up on my mother every single day or every single week or anything like that. That was not what he did. Deborah's case is currently listed as a missing person, so it's not being investigated as a homicide at this time. Uh, no, because there's been no evidence of a body or anything like that. So I think, I mean, I don't know the laws or anything, but I think until there's evidence that there has been 
a murderer or something, I think they kind of have to treat it as a missing person. Yeah, I mean, there's definitely been cases in the past uh, from around the country where people have shown up uh, in whether they left on their own or they were in somebody's basement or something crazy. So it's not outside the realm of possibility, but uh, I think the general consensus among among everybody is that uh, she's not going to come back. She's not missing. Uh, I did have to go down to the police station 10 plus years ago and give uh, some of my DNA in case they ever do find a body or something like that that's unidentified. They kind of do like a cross check with the DNA to see if it shows up or matches anybody in the database. So it's possible that that will happen one day. Police have never officially named a suspect in the case, although it seems like Dell is most likely a person of interest. I think he's the number one suspect, but I don't think there's been anything like officially stated that he is believed to have done something illicit. I mean, it's the justice system, right? Like you can't just grab somebody because they seem suspicious. Like you need evidence and that sort of stuff. So I think there's a case there, but they just need to have some sort of evidence to to actually try and pursue something against him. My stepdad owned a, a Bronco, like an 80s Bronco. That was his vehicle. He owned that the entire time that I lived with him. And after my mother went missing, the police department actually did forensics on that vehicle to see if they could find anything like blood or, you know, any other suspicious uh, sort of stuff. They didn't find anything. So I think it's reasons like that. They don't really have like a really clear cut case against him. So it's really difficult for them to just kind of accuse him of something. Getting the surveillance footage from the grocery store where Dell said he was that morning could have been a huge step in ruling him either in or out as a suspect. My grandfather tried to do that, and by the time he tried to do that, they said it was far too late. Justin tells me what he thinks could have happened to his mom. I believe that there is evidence to support my mother being the type of person where that would be a possibility. Um... However, given all the information, given the circumstances and, you know, the way that she disappeared, I believe that my stepdad did, in fact, have something to do with her disappearance. There's just a lot of very suspicious things surrounding her disappearance that just make him look very guilty. I mean, generally, everybody that I speak to, they kind of agree as well that everything is just kind of points to him being the one that did something to her. Um, my mother was, I mean, she was close enough to me. I have a sister as well that she didn't live with us because uh, she had a different dad. But, you know, like she loved my sister and she loved myself. Uh, she also remained in pretty consistent contact with her dad, my grandpa, um, she would call him frequently at work and she would, you know, meet up with him, that sort of stuff for her to cut off any and all contact with her entire family is just very weird. It is uncharacteristic of her. And I think it just sort of lends credibility that my stepdad did have something to do with her disappearance. So then how was Dell acting in the days immediately following Deborah's disappearance? Uh, it was definitely, his demeanor was different. Um, I mentioned previously that it was odd for me to see him around the house so much. Uh, and that was definitely true. I think he kind of gave up 
uh, drinking as heavily uh, because, you know, they would go to the bar and everything. They drink at home, they drink at the bar and that sort of stuff. They were definitely, I think they, they could definitely be classified as alcoholics. Um, so he was drinking a lot less. And overall, it was just, I, like I mentioned, I felt bad for him. He definitely seemed sad. He He seemed down a little bit. He seemed not really hopeful for a future, but sort of just like maybe in shock or a little stunned or a little numb. Uh, he's in, as far as I know, he's in Spokane, which uh, Spokane from Rathdrum, where she went missing, is about 45 minute drive. So that would, I would say that's definitely in the area. Um, I don't really get a lot of information from him. I mean, like I said, there's a detective that's actively handling uh, an investigation. And sometimes I'll speak to her and she'll give me information about what she's doing. There's definitely not been any sort of like hard evidence or anything that's been found. Um, as far as I know, she's wanted to question him and just have a conversation with him to see, you know, if she can get any information out of him. Other than that, I don't, I don't really know. I don't have a lot of insight on what's happening exactly. For Deborah to just walk away from her life, having two kids and having no contact with anyone in her family or her kids just seems so unlikely of a scenario. Yeah, exactly. And I think there's a lot of other examples that sort of uh, lend credibility to my stepdad having something to do with her disappearance. Uh, for example, my stepdad would get very agitated very quickly about a lot of different things and it would escalate to the point where he would become not necessarily physical, but he would definitely become um, belligerent. For example, uh, we had two dogs and we had a male and a female dog. We had them for a year or so. Uh, one day when I was at school, I came back home from school and they informed me, my stepdad and my mother both told me that the dog they took the dog to somebody else. They like sold the dog to a farm or something as cliche as that sounds. It wasn't until I actually moved out of the house that my grandfather told me that they didn't sell the dog to anybody. My stepdad actually killed the dog. That's what my grandfather told me is that he, I guess he became very upset with the dog one day and just killed it <laughs> to be blunt. Uh, and I would definitely believe that to be true because he would always scream and yell and get kind of violent with the dog, specifically the male dog. He would just get really upset at it. So it does not surprise me that is something that happened. There was also, you know, numerous other examples. Uh, like, for example, sometimes when my mother and my stepdad would fight a lot, uh, he would get extremely pissed off. He would sleep on the couch. So my mother and my stepdad a lot of times slept in different rooms because my stepdad had a messed up back and the, well, this is what they told me. His back was messed up so he couldn't sleep on the bed in the bedroom. So he would sleep on the couch because it was more comfortable for him. If that's true or not, I have no idea, but there were a, multiple times where he would sleep on the couch uh, and he'd have his rifle in his hand when he was going to sleep um, because he was just generally upset or pissed off. And as you can imagine, that was a very that filled me with a lot of fear when I would go to sleep at night and that sort of stuff. When that would happen, I remember multiple times where I would like try to sneak a knife out of the kitchen or find something sharp that I would sleep with underneath my pillow in case he ever came into my room or anything. The entire situation is very eerie. Um, if he did indeed murder my mother, when I think back about me 
living with him for two weeks after that and, you know, feeling bad for him and wanting to stay with him even longer, it just, it, it's very eerie and it makes me feel very weird that that is something that actually happened. So I think there's definitely evidence there that makes uh, my stepdad seem like he has a type of behavior where that it would be possible for him. I wanted to know a little bit more about the police investigation, in particular, if they had really dug into what Deborah was doing in the few days and hours before she went missing. Yeah, so I know for certain they talked to, because uh, they were hanging out at a, at a specific bar a lot, re- like, you know, recently at that time. Um, and I know that they went in there and they questioned a whole bunch of people that were in that bar at that time or been hanging around at that time. Um, they interviewed the guy that my mother was seeing, just, you know, just anybody else that they had close contact with, any sort of friends, um, family, that sort of stuff. The detective that was handling the case when it happened, uh, he got a report that my mother was seen getting into somebody's truck after she was reported missing. And the detective believed that that was her. And just, you know, along with the uh, fake checks and that sort of stuff, he just kind of assumed that she ran away. Upon following up on that, they found out that that woman wasn't actually my mother that was seen getting into that truck. It was somebody else. It annoys me when I think about it because it's frustrating not knowing the truth about something. It's kind of like reading a book and then like, you know, the last few pages disappear and then you just kind of wonder like what the hell happened to that book i don't know um and it it's definitely a a thing like when i sit here sometimes i'll just think what happened you know i just want to know i just want to have like an answer and just be able to understand everything i don't need to know the you know the exact circumstances or how it all went down or anything but it would be nice to be able to just know what exactly happened to have an ending. So yeah, I mean, it's my personal belief that my stepdad, Dell, is responsible for her disappearance. Um, I understand that there's been uh, a lot of effort put in from my grandfather's side and, you know, from the, the police's side. It seems bleak at this point that we're going to get an answer, and that's frustrating. Um, I would assume... Or I would hope that as my stepdad is maybe dying, that he may feel the need to get it off his chest before he passes away. I know that sounds extremely dark, but it is something that people do. Uh, He's in his 70s now, so I don't know. Maybe his guilt will catch up with him at some point and he'll admit to what he did. As far as I know, he's been cooperative but I don't know the extent at which he's been questioned or examined or anything like that. But I do know that he has been contacted. As the years go on, it just becomes more and more difficult to really get an answer, especially because, you know, there's been a, a couple times where my grandfather has been trying to get access to what they call a cadaver dog, which has the ability to like do scents and things very well. They use them for like finding bodies and that sort of stuff. Um, my grandfather tried a lot to get a cadaver dog so he could take him out to a couple uh, suspicious areas to see if they could turn up anything. He was unable to do that. At this point, 15 years later, especially with the type of weather that they have up there, I would say that it, they would be hard-pressed to find anything. But my grandfather did go up to a bunch of different properties and kind of poke around, see if he could find, you know, like a grave or just anything that looked odd. But 
in the end, he didn't really find anything. Even though it seems extremely unlikely, I wanted to know what Justin's thoughts would be if his mom really did just walk away and started a new life somewhere. I mean, that's obviously something that I've thought about myself. It would be very odd. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even know what I would say to her, right? I would just be like, what the hell? But I mean, if if that is true and she did leave to seek a better life, then I mean, more power to her. She did what she felt she needed to do to have a happier life. My sister and I are fine. We're healthy. Um, so it's not like she, you know, put us in a horrible position or anything like that. So if that is true and she did end up getting a better life, then I'm happy that that was the outcome. And what about Justin's sister? She also lost her mom in this. She definitely still feels, you know, very strongly attached to the entire situation and my mother. She's definitely been pretty vigilant on social media trying to get my mother's story out there uh, and just get it known. She has done a couple interviews with local news agencies. So has my grandfather, which is not something that I've done because I don't really have access to those local news agencies. But uh, she's definitely been vigilant in her own way. With the new detective on the case, Justin is still hopeful that the case can be solved. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she definitely seems like she really wants to get the case solved uh, and just close the book on it. If anything, I mean, it would be nice for everybody, especially my grandfather, because I feel very bad for my grandfather. As he gets older, he's uh, 80 this year. I know that my grandfather would basically like more than anything for him to get an answer. The detective definitely... Uh, feels that as well. So I just, hopefully something happens. Um, it's been 15 years. That's 15 years too long. You can see more information and photos of Deborah Sykes on our website, disturbedpodcast.com. If you have any information about the disappearance of Deborah Sykes, you are encouraged to call the Rathdrum Police Department at 208 208- 687-0711. You've been listening to Disturbed. If you enjoyed this episode, help us grow by sharing the show with a friend or on social media. And make sure you subscribe wherever you're listening so you always get the newest episodes automatically. If you have a few extra seconds, drop us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to support us and get some awesome perks, check out disturbedpodcast.com slash fan club. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at Disturbed Podcast. And we're now officially on Twitter at Disturbed underscore pod. So go give us a follow there for all the latest news. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode.